Okay, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be here, even to come late at night and see the Beis Medrash so full, the Palpo, the Limad HaTorah, is something that really is quite, quite inspiring. In these parshios, one no doubt is bothered by the fact that on the one hand, Paro, the Mitzrim, are clearly punished for apparent decisions that they made. And yet, already part of the Bris HaBesarim was Vavodu V'inosam Arbami Oshana. And it raises the fundamental theological question that if all of this is foretold, it's preordained, so therefore how is it possible that Paro is punished? If you look in the Rambam and Parakvav of Chushchuva, there the Rambam, Halacha Gimel, Halacha Hey, first the Rambam mentions that sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu suspends Bechira. A person doesn't typically face himself with that situation, but you know, if time after time after time, you make the wrong decisions in life, as Paro did to enslave Knesset Yisrael. Maybe there comes a point of no return where punishment is imminent and the door of tshuva is in fact closed. And when you look in the Rambam in Halachahe, the Rambam writes the following, that even though it's true that there was a gzera, but it doesn't exonerate your participation. Certainly it's true that yes, that Knesset Yisrael would experience the Shibud Mitzrayim, but the fact that Paro in the midst of would be the tool, the catalyst for that fulfillment. That was a function of their own decision. The Rambam writes, just like, there will always be tzaddikim rishayim, there will always be aniim and ashirim, but nonetheless, it is your efforts, your hishtadlus, your decisions that are going to determine whether you're among A or among B, and therefore you're worthy, of course, of schar and onish. If you look in the Ravid, the Ravid comments that yes, we do have a principle of Magalglin that sometimes the fact that one participates and one is a catalyst, a tool, a means, even if it's a Gzera Kadesh but if it's something which is the Ra, it's a reflection of the decisions that the person has made. And the Ravid emphasizes what you find in Ramban as well, that certainly Paro in the midstream overreached. It's true that there was a Gzera of Shibra Mitzrayim. But it wasn't necessarily a gzera of intensity of avdus for that entire span of time. The fact that the Mitzrim insisted that Knesset Yisrael engage in avodas parech, the gzera of kol ben ha'yilod ha'yotashlichuhu, that the Ravid writes was a function of decision making of power in the Mitzrim, and therefore indeed they were worthy of punishment. They were the ones who overreached. And you can't just simply chalk that up to Absolute Bechira. The Ramban writes the same thing. The Ramban in Parshas Lech in Bereshis Tesvav Yudalid, that this was not necessarily part of the Gzera, the intensity of the Shibud Mitzrayim, and that aspect is something, no doubt, that we can fault power for. That there's a beautiful Ha'ara that Rav Yosef Salant has, more than I would tell you just a Masha, you know, that Moshe Rabbeinu was told to take the Mate to turn it into a nachash, and somehow that is going to be impactful. Mm. Moshe does so, and the Mitzrim clearly are unimpressed. This is not something that was such a surprise to them. Even Khartoum and Mitzrayim were able to go ahead and do so. No, they were able also to take a mate, turn it into a nachash. Maybe not to the extent of Moshe Rabbeinu, but yet they were able to do so. Rashi quotes the Medrash, the Tevan, Avamachnis, Nafraim, that uh, imagine you go to an agricultural area and you bring them wheat. This is commonplace. And therefore that type of magic was known in Mitzrayim. 
And one cannot help but wonder that why was Moshe Rabbeinu told to take the mate, to turn it into a nachash, if clearly the mitzvah are not going to be convinced of Gura Hashem. When you speak about Kriyas Yamsu, Makas Pachoros, that's Gura Hashem. That's something no one else could replicate. But the mate nachash begs the question, what exactly was the purpose? He writes, ooh, at the sense of Kharifus, when you look in the Sugya Sanhedrin, Dafayin Ches, you know, imagine a person goes ahead and clubs someone to death. A person shoots a gun. A person shoots an arrow. And, and you turn to the perpetrator and you say, how in the world? And, and imagine that he would justify it by saying, it wasn't me. It was the club. It was the gun. It was the bullet. It was the arrow. You know, you're going to turn to that person and say, certainly not. It was you. You're the Rotseach, right? The gun, the bullet, the arrow, mm, that was simply a tool, a means, a weapon, a weapon of doing so. And, and indeed, the Raivet quotes the Pasuk that sometimes Ashur is Shevet Api. Sometimes Zuma Solom are simply like a stick, a means that a Kadosh Baruch Hu punishes Knesset Israel. But you know, that very Sugi, Sendaf Ayin Ches, what about Hishikh Lovas Anachash? A person entices Anachash. And Anachash goes ahead and kills or wounds. You know what? The person who enticed, that Alpidin is called a grama. The Rotseach is the Nachash. It is not the enticer. The difference between Imata and Anachash is clear that one is a tool, one is an independent aggressor. An independent aggressor. Rav Yosef Slant writes the Kiddush, imagine, you know, the Mitzvah would argue, you're faulting us, that the Pasuk that the Raivet quotes in Yeshaya, that, that what do you mean? This was part of Xerah. And we are simply a tool, a catalyst, a means, in order to see to it that Xerah Hashem is fulfilled. The very first lesson that Paro was told from scratch was, that's not true, that's not true. You're over-aggressive, you overreached. What you did, as the Ramban writes, was independent, independent aggression. The very difference between Amata and Anachash. The transformation of the Amata and Anachash was not to show Gura Hashem, but to set the stage, to let Paro know, or at least to give us that insight that that's exactly why the Mitzrim were worthy of punishment. Because of the overreaching, because of the independence, because what perhaps in a different context could have been Amata became an absolute, an absolute Nachash. And then if you look in the Ramban, there in Breshis Tesvav Yudalid, the Ramban adds the following. You know, sometimes, just as a Hakdama, you know, we assume what the Gemara tells us, Psachim Dafnun, that the Olam, Yasok Adam, the Torah, the Mitzvah, Shalolishma, because after all, Mito Shalolishma, Balishma. Sometimes a person's mindset, a person's motivation is always important, but not absolutely critical. You know, a person will tell you, I'm engaging in a mitzvah for far from perfect reasons. Would you really tell that person, you know, that it doesn't pay to do so? The Gemara tells us, You know, there is, ooh, Tosus raises the kasha. What about the sugim brachos and afyud zayin and tainus and avzayin? That's sugim sachim and afnun. Sometimes the Gemara says that if a person engages in Torah mitzvah shalishma, noach lo shalonivah. Noach lo shalnevah. Ooh, Tosus raises the kasha. When do we assume ito shalolishma balishma? When do we assume that noach lo shalonivra, you know, 
It's better that the person wasn't created. That's Tosus Astir. You know, Tosus answers that the different types of Shalolishma. Sometimes Shalolishma can simply mean a person has an ulterior motive. A person does something, Mashim Kavod, that maybe Maesik Batar is not pristine, but rather, you know, in order to receive certain recognition, okay. Sometimes Tosu says it's far worse. It could be Amanas Lakante. That, you know what, the reason I'm learning the Sugya so well is because, you know, I, I can go to the Shir and utterly embarrass the Magashir. Now, I, I can go ahead and do something evil, vile, through my Yesek That's where Noach Loshalonivra. Now, there's an amazing comment of Marachor Zerua, Kufsam Akimo. Marachor Zerua writes, is that necessarily a steer? That Noach Loshalonivra, Mitoshaloshna Balishma, Marachor Zerua raises something which is fascinating that if a person were to ask, you know what, I, I purchased these Dalit Minim, and I spent a fortune on doing so. You know, in Chutzlaret, you can spend good hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on Dalit Minim. And I ask you, why did you spend five, six, seven dollars on Dalit Minim? And the answer is, you know, I, I didn't do Salishma. You know, I was doing so that people should see me, be noted Dalit Minim. People should ask me, can I please have an opportunity to? Would you tell a person, oh, don't bother being no to? No, don't take those Dalit Minim? I would probably tell the person, you know what, right, we'll speak later, but, but take the Dalit Minim. No? Why is that true? Why would you tell them to take the Dalit Minim? I probably would have told them, take the Dalit Minim because it's a mitzvah. <laughs> the only reason it's a mitzvah that I I would tell you that you should be osik in the mitzvah shaloli shma in order to gain the kiyam ha-mitzvah. You know what Merachor Zohar writes? That's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that the legitimacy of Asek Shaloli Shema is because Mito Shaloli Shema Bali Shema. You know what that sounds like? Marachar Zohar writes? That's like a stunning Kiddush. It sounds as though right here and now, not really, not really. But there's a hope. There's a hope that, you know what, eventually you're going to turn the corner. And the value of doing the Mitzvah Shaloli Shema is because, you know what, that who says this is a permanent state? Who says that this condition is one that's going to continue? Maybe you're going to flip. You're going to flip. See what Marachor Zohar writes? A Chiddush, no steer at all. If a person only does things to Lodishma, literally, it's not a kiyum. It's not a kiyum. Does that mean a person shouldn't bother doing so? The answer is no. Do so because very different than Tosus. No? Tosus assumes, yes, there absolutely is a kiyum. So how do you resolve the steer of that's exactly the point. The Gemara didn't say that engage Shalolishma because of the value of Shalolishma. The Gemara says do it because ooh, the hope is that you're going to turn. And if you don't turn, then absolutely not. That's an incredible Chiddush. Marachar Zerah writes that that Lishma could be Li'ikuva. And the only hope of doing so is, you know, ooh, Amato Shalolishma, Valishma. It's a fascinating possibility in terms of understanding the Gemara. But those is clearly, clearly not that way. You know, even within the concept of what exactly does it mean? At what, at what point in time? At what point in time? There is a comment that Marsha has, it's in Nahoriel Sandaf Yud, where when you look in the Gemara, the Gemara mentions that all the Karbanos that were brought in Parsha's Balak, those were Shalolishma. Those were Shalolishma. 
But the Gemara says that, you know what, but, but look what happened. Down, down, down the road, down the road, a descendant was Shlomo Melech, who built the Beis Amigdash and offered Karbanos. You know, that's what the Gemara mentions as the Mitosha Lolishma Balishma. So Marsha has just a simple comment. You know, it's not always what we think. That the same individual, kind of down the road, is like going to flip. You know, he comes to the yeshiva and Elul's mommy, Toshalishma, and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, as the Zman continues, all of a sudden, like, a Balishma. Sometimes a Balishma can be generations, generations later, not even through the person. But it plants a seed that can blossom at a much, much later time. A Chiddush of the Marsha. And if you look in the Nefesh HaChaim and Gimel Gimel, Rechem Velazhina writes almost an opposite concept. And that is the mitosh Shabalishma is almost instantaneous. Almost instantaneous. I can be surprised that a person is attending a shir. And I can ask him, like, what brought you here? And he can tell me every reason, Shalolishma. And all of a sudden, in the course of the shir, you know, you see, ooh, the Divrei Torah resonates. You see it's impactful. You see that the person is reacting to that mitosh shabalishma is almost instantaneous. Instantaneous. You know, because when you recognize how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us, that literally we're wired, we're wired. Part of our creation is our connection to the Torah Hashem, the Suyanid and Daflamet. What do you mean the Eisekha Torah is shalolishma? You know, superficially. Maybe that's what got you there. What got you there. But you know what? That that simultaneously is going to flip. Rechav writes, and even the mitzas lishma, that apparently, you know, will be clear in terms of that connection that you have to Torah Hashem, that will be machshir, metaher, all of the motivations that you thought were considered to be that which is shalol lishma. But you know, I'll ask you the following question. This is what the Chazanish discusses, Evaneza and Kufchavtes, Osir Gimel, that sometimes we don't say mitoshlo lishma balishma. Sometimes we assume that lishma is absolutely critical. You know, when it comes, for example, to the mitzvah of Yibum, the Gemara quotes Yivamustaf Gimel, Yivamustaf Lametes, the sheet of Abashol, that lishma is absolutely critical, absolutely critical. Even though it's obvious that Mikar Hadin Daraisa, the mitzvah Yibam Kodemes, the mitzvah Chalitza, you know, Abishol is very, very concerned. Very concerned. Why is this brother doing Yibam? Maybe he's doing Yibam Shalolishma. Maybe he's doing it L'Shem Noi, L'Shem Yishus, L'Shem Davarachet. Maybe his marriage is not L'Hakim Shem Lachipames. Maybe he's drawn to her. Maybe he's doing so for an extra chilek of Yerusha. Okay, okay, so you know what? He, even so, okay, but Amito Shloy Shabalishma. No. Abishol says, Kiilu Pogeva Erva. Kiilu Pogeva Erva. Ramban writes, That's a Dindaraisa. That's a Dindaraisa. That Yubim has to be Lishma. That's somewhat surprising. That Yubim has to be Lishma. Why exactly is that true? What happened to the typical principle of Amito Shloy Lishma Balishma? Remember Slavichik once uh, pointing out the following, something stunning. Now the Gemara Brachas and the discusses the additional Brach of Shmanesri, Brach of Lamashin. 
One can imagine that it was an incredibly heavy heart that Chazal felt it was necessary to institute that bracha. I, I wouldn't say that that's a bracha that typically comes to mind. When you think that, you know, you're going to recite a bracha, the bracha is Lama Shema that that's, that's the bracha that we recite. Birchas HaMashinim. And the Gemara points out, no doubt, the difficulty regarding who would coin and establish that particular bracha. And the Gemara tells us, Nasiga brachas chalches, that Amad Shmolakotan. And the Tikna, Shmolakotan did so. The Rav asked that, why Shmolakotan? Why Shmolakotan? No, the Mishnah Mesachasavas, no? Shmolakotan, no? Binfo Oyivcha, Altismach, Altismach. And that was a teaching of Shmolakata. You know, one could ask an obvious question, yeah, that uh, you know, many yeshivas, they don't really adequately learn Tanakh. You know, so you think, oh, it's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avos. It's a Pasuk in Pirkei Avos. It's a Pasuk in Mishle. No? This was the statement of Shmolakata. This is a Pasuk. This is a Pasuk. No? Why is it attributed to Shmolakata? I think the answer is clear. It's clear that the meaning of the Mishnah is this isn't what Shmuel HaKatan said, but this is the essence of who Shmuel HaKatan was. Right? This is how he lived. This is how he lived. The Tashbis writes, that's always the meaning of Hu Haya Omer in the Sechazavos. This was an absolute refrain. Now, this is what they modeled. This is what they exemplified. Exemplified. And that was the model of Shmolakatan. When you thought of Shmolakatan, this is what would come to mind. And, and therefore, the Rav pointed out, it's not coincidental at all that Shmolakatan coined the bracha of Lamashini. Because such a bracha has to be absolutely Bishma. You're, you're not doing it for any personal reason, for any ulterior motive, for any sense of vindictiveness. You're doing so because, yes, you recognize the necessity of but you're doing with the heavy heart. I mean, full Yivchal Tisma. So that's a fascinating concept. And when a person is engaging in a practice that otherwise the default position was not to do so, but the Torah the Allah insists that in certain conditions, yes, there we don't always assume we told Shalolish Babalishma. And, and Poshub Shad as follows, as the Chanish points out in Kufchaltes, that under typical conditions, this is an Israel It's one of the Arayas. But there's an override. There's an override. Here, the Yibum is Doche. Doche Shesach. And you know, the Sheet of Abashal is that Yibum is Doche Shesach, but only as a Duchuya. Not as Hutra, and not as Udram Ban Sheet of Adavar Yatsam and Aklau. But the Mitzvah of Yibum is indeed Doche. And that already opens up a fascinating issue of. When you're engaging in a practice that I would say typically no, but under certain circumstances it's warranted, then Abba Shol's Chiddush is, is the Kavana Sagavra. Lishma is something that's absolutely, absolutely critical. That's something that is vital. That's something that is absolutely, absolutely necessary. Uh, that's the Chiddush of. Maybe by other mitzvahs. In tefillin, you're going to say, but not by Yibum. Not in Yibum. I would even go a step further and argue as well. You know, this brother that's doing Yibum, the Shem Noi, the Shem Ishus, the Shem Davarachim, 
that's his only consideration? What, he's really a callous, not caring individual? You mean he has no intent whatsoever? Now, Pashup Shara will tell you as follows. Yeah, he's doing it. But, but he also has a motivation of L'shem Noi, L'shem Yishus, L'shem Davra. In other words, it's a fusion. It's a hybrid. That Modan is a great Kiddush as well. You know what? I'm being Nolta Dalad Minin because it's a Mitzvah Daraisa to be Nolta Dalad Minin. And I'm thrilled to perform the Mitzvah Daraisa. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. I get a charge out of having beautiful Dalad Minin and everybody coming over me to say, whoa, where did you... So that's not my sole motivation. I'm doing it also, obviously, primarily because it's a kiyama. Would you tell that person, no, no. Just because kind of there's another mindset as well. But here, when it comes to Yibam, Abishal's not arguing the sole purpose of that which he's doing is only L'Shem Noi. He's arguing that may be a factor as well. And even as a factor, but that's insufficient for Dechiyas Yisrael. That's what the Chazanish writes in Kuf Chavtes, that realize that when you're faced with a situation at times of an override, a being doche there you don't assume a mitosh There you assume that the kavana has to be absolutely, absolutely pristine. There's a fascinating comment of uh, the Beis Alevi, Shmos and Turk Beis, in Beis Levi He discusses Pikuach Nefesh and discusses Onus Rechman Apache. Where in both cases he writes that kavana sagavra is absolutely, absolutely critical. Let me give you an example. You know what? Uh, uh, a woman is expecting. She's going into labor. Right? On Shabbos. You know, we're always conditioned chutzlarts. You know? Oh, go to the hospital with a non-Jewish car service. Call the car first and say, can you send me a non-Jewish driver? You know, Shabbos chavtes. Uh, Shabbos shin chavtes. That, what do you... Amir akum is mutalat chila. Right? Even makom shechol shein bo sakana. Of course, if there's a suffix sakana. What about the following argument? You know what? I call the car service and I ask them, is there a Jewish driver? Said, yeah, there's, there's a Jewish driver. Send me the Jewish driver. Why would I ask the Jewish driver? Because better the Jewish driver should be taking us to the hospital, which is Pikuach Nefesh, than taking the next call. The next calls to the game. Right? The next calls to the restaurant. So if he's there... And he's on call. And it's just a question whether you're taking this call or that call. Shouldn't I specifically say that, you know what, that it's the base of Levi questions. Is, is that really true? Is that called Pikoach Nefesh, which is Doch For you and I, the only way in the world we would do this, driving on Shabbos, is because of Pikoach Nefesh. Pikoach Nefesh is Doch But for a person where it's only absolutely incidental, the taxi driver shows up and says, where can I take you? And you happen to say to the hospital, because it be Koyach Nefesh, that he would take you across the street from the hospital, which is to the game. Ooh, Beis HaLevi writes, Pikoach Nefesh requires Kavana Sagavu. And that would be Chilul That would be Chilul Because in order to engage in the override of Dechiyas mm-hmm. Yisurim, there Kavana Sagavu and Yishma is considered to be absolutely critical. Beis HaLevi writes this about Ones Rachmana Patre. The Sigin Ksuvas and Gimel. Imagine a person has a get which is Al Tanai. 
If I don't return, this is a get. So what's the classic case in the sugya? The guy is doing everything possible to return. And everything is just out. No, the flights are canceled, the trains aren't running, the bridges are out. And the Ikra Dindaraisa without the Kodem Akadesh, Avgaz Kedushin, is that the get is considered to be batel. Such a chiddush, no? And Onus Rachonapatre and Kiyom Hatnai, Urub Chaim, no? Onus Rachonapatre and Onshin, and Onshe Haguf. Onus Rachonapatre and Kiyom Hatnai, but that's a Gemara. That's Ksuba Stav Gimel. Let me ask you the following question. You know what? A person divorces his wife Hatnai, and he has no desire to return. He has no desire to return. It so happens the bridge was out. And had he attempted to return, he would not have been able to. That's the Yishonus beginning. That's an onus. No, no, it's only an onus, based on Levi writes, if the reason that you did not return was a function, was a function of the onus. If the onus was only incidental, incidental. Based on Levi writes, a stunning Kiddush. Based on, ooh, based on a comment of the Hafla. Atosus, Ksuvah Stav Kofiud. Abali Atosus yearned to be in Eretz Yisrael. Atosus writes, Mamish Sakonash Drachim. Sakonash Drachim. No? So the Atosus remain in Chutzlats. Okay, okay. You know what? The Hafla writes, the Beislevi expands. So for such a person who yearns to be there, but you can't because of Ones, that's Ones Rachonapatra. Let's say the person who is so complacent, who's satisfied in being in Chutzlats, and even had there not been an onus, it, it wasn't even on the map. Then there's no onus rachmanapatra. There can be a sakanas drachim. There can be two people in Chutzlarets that do not go to Eretz Yisrael. But for one, it's a grievous hate. In other words, not. Because for one, the onus is the reason that they remained in Chutzlarets. And for other, it's absolutely, it's absolutely irrelevant. No? Whoa. That's a heavy chiddish, no? That onus rachmanapatra yeah, it depends on the Kavana Sagavra. It's only if the onus is the cause of. If the onus is absolutely incidental, that's like the Pikoach Nefesh of the taxi driver. That that's not the reason that or the reason that you refrain from. That's wholly, wholly irrelevant. And, and, and therefore, yes, that is indeed considered to be an Avera. Something which is a, a stunning horror that the Beisalevi has. The context that Beisalevi, that Hafla, as he discusses, and sometimes you have a tragic situation. A couple is married for years and years and years. They're not able to have children together. At what point in time would one say, you know, that you should get divorced? In order that hmm, the Baal can build a bias. So the Hafla calls an old son that we would not say get divorced in Chutzlaretz. Because maybe it's the Avera of being in Chutzlaretz that caused that reality. Oh, that's the Beis Halevi quotes. But then the Beis Halevi quotes the Hemshech of Afla. Yeah, but Tosu says there's Sakana Strachim. And in their day, you couldn't even get there if you tried. So how can you fault someone for being in Chutzlaretz and therefore argue that don't get divorced? What do you mean? It was an onus. And that's exactly what the Afla answered. It's only an onus if the mindset was otherwise, I'll be there. And if not, then there's no onus, Rachman Patri. So the Beisalevi writes such a Chiddush that when it comes to Ones Rechonapatri, when it comes to Pikoach Nefesh, those elements of Dechiyav and Override 
or only if there is clear, clear, clear kavanah sagavra. But if that really was irrelevant, there's no onus rachmana patre. You know, you know, the Gemara has, that you have to remember your learning. No? You have to remember your learning. You know, you tell me that, you know what, no, that's not my derech halimut. You know, I'm into, but retention, retention, that's Chazal's derech halimut. No? Chazal tell you, menachas sarites. So you're going to tell me, oh, okay, but you know what? You learn, you learn, you learn, you forget. I'll tell you that's right. Onus Rachmanapatri. But it's only an Onus Rachmanapatri if you chazer incessantly and it's an Onus that you don't remember. But if you don't attempt and you don't chazer time and time and time and time again, but that's Onus Rachmanapatri, that's like a shock that you don't remember, right? All the shurim. And all the sugyas. I'll tell you straight, if you're not going to chazer time and time and time and again, you're not going to remember. And, and that's not onus rachmanapatri. Onus rachmanapatri is only when you are fully, fully mishtadah, when you fully invest. Then you can say, you know what, the end, onus rachmanapatri, sometimes beyond anything I could do. But, you know, systematically, you have to really work. You have to chazer, you have to do. I'll tell you, these are fascinating considerations that the Beis HaLevi writes that Onus Rechon HaPatre, Pikuach Nefesh, Tichiyas Yisrael, requires absolute Kavanah Sagava. I would say part of the starting point with that was Abashol, that for you to be Doch in Yisrael you need Kavanah Sagavra. And if it's L'Shem Davar Acher, hmm, Kilu Pogeb Erva, Rambana Dundaraisa. The Chazanish uses an unbelievable phrase, you know, the Chazanish has us elsewhere as well. In Yeridea, in Kufmem Tesches, Ratzon HaTorah. Ratzon HaTorah. Adindaraisa. Hmm. What exactly is the will of HaKadosh Baruch The will of HaKadosh Baruch the Chazanish writes, when it comes to Dechias Yisurim, is only, only when Kavana is squeaky clean. Uh, uh, otherwise, no. HaKadosh Baruch is not interested in Yibam, which is Shlol Shemitzah. See, I would tell you that about a bracha of Lamashinim. Maybe under certain circumstances. Yeah, it's necessary to coin such a bracha. One thing is clear. You, you don't do so with a sense of vindictiveness. You don't do so with a sense of wishing people evil or being bloodthirsty. You know why you do so? Because Chazal felt this is appropriate in those conditions. But you do so with a very, very heavy heart. You have to do so absolutely shmat. It has to be like shmalakata. There's no mitoshalolishmabalishma in those cases. You look in the Rambam, The Rambam writes that a Dayan, a Shofate, has enormous responsibility. At times, a Dayan even has the responsibility of Makin Vonshin Shalom and Hadin. I don't know if you've seen, if not, take a look. The Jasar Saran, Jashir Aleph. Why the Torah insists on a shofet? Why the Torah insists on a melech? What are the different roles of a shofet as opposed to a melech? You know, a typical shofet enforces the letter of the law. The letter of the law. Yeah, but the Ran writes, realize, if you're only going to have letter of the law, society will not necessarily function properly. You're only going to put someone to death if you have what? Edim, hasra. You know, the threshold is so high. The bar is raised. Yeah, so imagine. That means that 
murderers can get by without any punishment at all. Oh, so you have to have a melech of Makin Vonsh and Shlom and Hadin. And the Ron writes a Chiddush. That's why a melech always has to carry a Sefer Torah with him. Because realize that that capacity of Makin Shosh Shlom and Hadin could easily be abused. You have to make sure it's absolutely L'Shem Shamayim. And you know how the Torah creates like a check and a balance? That you're always going to have the Sefer Torah there with you. And the Rambam writes that realize that what happens if you don't have a Melech? Well, that's the Hemshech of the Ram. So the Shofet wears two hats. The Shofet and the Melech. A Shofet has the capacity of Mark and Hunch and Shlom and Adin. So the Rambam describes at length in Perak Chav Dalit, Edrin. This concept of Makin Vonshin Shladin, and guess what the Rambam writes? But you better make sure, you better make sure that this is absolutely Lishma. Because the concept of a Makin Shladin is like above and beyond the typical that Asi Lishma is considered to be absolutely, absolutely Ikuva. The Nitziv writes, Chuvis, and Semim Memvav. That innovation is the halacha innovative, of course. Is the halacha dynamic, of course. Hey, are all aspects of religious life practiced today exactly the way they were? Well, you know, things are able to evolve. But the Nitziv writes, you better make sure that it's absolutely, absolutely shma. When it comes to new hagdaras, new innovation. We don't assume, oh, mitosh lolishma, Make sure that that indeed is in place. And that, I think, is incredibly, incredibly critical. That that concept of lishma in that fashion. That may not be true of all cases of dechia. You know, when you look at the Gemara, Psachim daf Memvav, the Gemara discusses what happens if Friday is Yantiv, followed, of course, by Shabbos. So you have an Erev Tavshilin, if it's really Asr Min HaTorah to cook or to do Malacha, to do Hachana from Yantav to Shabbos, how is it that Erev Tavshilin is Matya? This is Asr Daraisa. And just you make an Erev Tavshilin, make a brach, and all of a sudden everything becomes Mutter. How exactly, how exactly does that work? Mm-hmm. Right, so... Right, so the Gemara has a couple of possibilities. Why Midar Abanan you need Neir Tavshilin? But, but why Midar Isa don't you do Neir Tavshilin? Why Midar Isa zet Mutter? It's clear that if this would have been an Isidar Isa, Neir Tavshilin is not going to help us. So it must be that you're allowed to go ahead and do so, like, even without Neir Tavshilin. But why? Why is that true? Right, that's one possibility the Gemara has. The Gemara's Machok is Rabin Rabchista. Oh, Rav Kista says the following, that, you know what, Sarchi Shabbos Nasabiyante. Sarchi Shabbos Nasabiyante. That's Rav Kista. Sarchi Memva. That, you know what, that, what do you mean? You're allowed to cook in Yante for Yante. You can cook in Yante for Shabbos. Rashi says, ooh, because Shabbos Yante is Kudushachas. Wow. Kudushachas. Hmm. Rabbi disagrees. Rabbi says, oh, well, what you just mention? What, cooking on Yante for Shabbos? No, if guests were to come, if guests were to come, 
Anyante. Wouldn't I graciously feed them this food, Anyante? So, if guests were to come, you would give them this food here and now? Oh, so therefore, in principle, you're cooking Anyante for Yante. And everything given Shabbos, like him host, host of the Shabbos. Wow. So that's an unbelievable machlokas, Rabban of Chista. Either Tzorchi Shabbos Nasabiyantif or Hoel. Anafkamina. Let's say a person is cooking in Yantif for Hoel. According to Chista, Malkus Daraisa. According to Rabba, look, if Hoel works, it works regardless of whether tonight is Shabbos, whether tonight is Hoel. Or I'll tell you, Achidoshotosus. The Mangan of Ram writes this in the very beginning of Erev Tavshilin. The first comment of the Magen Avram, when you have an area of Tashilin, realize you have to make sure to cook all the food early enough in the day that you can utilize it on Yantif. Because if you just put up your chant toward the end of the day and it's not fit to eat on Yantif, that will be an Isidaraisa and Erev Tashilin is not going to help. You need Hoel. You need Hoel. So if a person will ask you, why am I allowed to do Melacha from Yantav to Shabbos? The answer is either. You know, if you were to ask me, what is the Chiddush of Hoel? What is the Chiddush of Hoel? You know what I would tell you? Hoel ignores Kavaran Sagava. No? <laughs> I ask you, why all of a sudden today on Friday, are you cooking so much? You know, we know what the answer is? I'm cooking so much because I need meals for tomorrow, for Shabbos. And you're telling me, no. You're cooking so much because if guests were to come, how will Vikran Chazin? If Chisda says, there's no way in the world you can argue, how will? How can you ignore Kavana Sagavra? And Rabbi says, of course you ignore Kavana Sagavra. And that's a fascinating issue. Do you have a right to ignore Kavana Sagavra or do you not? And Rav Chist is forced to argue that no, the only reason it's much is because Tzorchei Shabbos nasan diyante. What exactly is that machlokis? I'll tell you, black and white the machlokis. No? The machlokis is what is the role of Kavana Sagavra in the Heter Vol Chonefesh and Yante. Rav Chist maintains that Malachas Chonefesh is only motor and it's unlabeled as such if indeed that, yeah, that, that's why you're doing so. Cooking on Yantif for Yantif. The Kavana Sagavra is critical. And, and Rabba is willing to ignore Kavana Sagavra. These Malachos, Bishu, Tochen, Borer, and the like. Oh. They are Mutan Yantif independent of the Kavana Sagavra. Wow. That's something which is striking. If you ask what underlies that Machlokes, I will tell you, oh, maybe that depends on the Matir. How is it that Ochanefesh is mutter? Maybe I'll tell you that's enough kamina between Huchra and Duchuya or Adavar Yatsam and Aklau. What is the basis of the Heter? If something is what the Ramban writes, it's not Asr, then you don't need Kavana Sagavra. But if something is Asr, but there is an override, oh, Simchas Yantif is Matir. Is Simchas Yantif Matir when that is not the Kavana Sagavra? But that's black and white in the Gemara. That Machlokas Rabbin Rav Chista has the role of Kavana Sagarva when it comes to the Heter of Ochanefesh. Maybe that's a function of the Huchrin Duchuya. And maybe that's Lashitasi of whether Shabbos Yantav is Kushachas or whether Shabbos Yantav is Kedushas. But, but you know what I tell you, like that's stunning that you can find such a Machlokas in the Gemara. 
as to hmm. Insist on Kavana Sagava for Dechia. So all of this I'll tell you is a Hakdam. Ramban writes, one line. Right? Bracious Tesvav Yudah. There was a Brisbane Abbasai. And Vavulim Yosem Bamiyosham. And you know what? The Mitzrim, Paro, they had a hand in this, No? Hoy Ashur Shevetapi. But just like I would use as a mashu, the brach of Lamashini. You have to make sure this is Lishma. Ramban writes in one line. If you were to ask Paro, or you to ask, Ramban writes Nivukadnetse, why did you do that to Klayasa? You think on an honest day they would answer because of the Brisbane of Asari? That that was their motivation? That was their intent when they did so? Power turned to Moshe Rabbeinu and say that, you know, we were doing so because of? Because of? Obviously not. Ramban writes that the mindset of Paro was lahagdo memshalto. It was purely, purely for selfish reasons. And here, when it comes to that type of anhaga, when it comes to that type of nihug, what, amitoshal olishma balishma? Certainly, certainly not. Then I would add to the list of cases where indeed there is a Kavanah Sagavra. And that's absolutely critical. So Ramban gives the Tutorutsi. Number one, oh, like the Raivid. And that is Paro clearly went above and beyond. Number two, the Ramban writes, what was the mindset, the mindset of Paro? And here I would just connect them and, and, and tell you the following. That there is some linkage. Because, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell whether a person's mindset is absolutely shma or whether it's not. But I'll tell you one clear indicator. When a person overreaches, I think that's a dead giveaway that it's not lishma. If a person is doing so kind of with a difficult, difficult balance, yeah, but you know what, that... Kadesh Baruch Hu said, Kadesh Baruch Hu desired, and therefore you do. You're going to make sure that you do exactly, exactly that which. But you know what? If you overreach, isn't that clear? If Avodas Parech and Kol Ben Hayilod was not part of the Brisbane Abbasai, and Paro did so, that's the greatest indicator that this is something which is in the shape and form of that which is absolute, absolute Shlodishma. There's a stunning comment that the Chafetz Chaim has that it's printed in the Chafetz Chaim al Torah in Parshish Truma that Shal HaMelech was punished because of the role that he had in Mochem HaSamalek. What exactly was the punishment? Why was Shal HaMelech punished? I guess Parshish was the following because Shal HaMelech did not do enough. Shal HaMelech was told to go ahead and to wipe out Wipe out. And he didn't. He let Agag live. You know what the Chavetz Chaim points out? That doesn't seem that way from the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Hashem. That which Shalmelech did was wrong. That which he did was wrong? That doesn't sound like the right formulation. No. That which Shalmelech did was right, but he didn't cross the finish line. He didn't quite do enough. No? 
it's not that that which he did was inappropriate. It's that he did, but he failed too. You know, 99.9%, yes, but there was a slight deviation. A slight deviation. So why does the Pesach say, Batasar and Hashem? So this is a beer of the Chafetz Chaim. It's like, whoa, beer of the Chafetz Chaim. You know, when you're told, Tim Chazei you know, why do you do so? Why do you do so? You know, you don't do so because you're vindictive. You don't do so because you're bloodthirsty. You don't do so shalolishma with the hope of mitosh shalolishma. You do so because brachos tafiyud, ma demifka dasi balach lemevad. Kadosh says jump, how high? Kadosh Baruch says walk, you march. Kadosh Baruch says you do, but you do because of the tzivri Hashem. The Chafetz Chaim writes that by allowing Agag to live, that was an indicator that apparently, again, all this should be taken on the Madrego Shalom Elech, but you know what? There was something else here other than the fulfillment of the Tzivi Hashem. And therefore, Shalom Elech was punished for every member of Amalek that he killed. Because the Heter is what? The Tzivi Hashem. But once you deviate from, it doesn't only shed light on the deviation, it says like everything that you did. And that's why the Pasuk says, you know what the guilt of Shalom Alech was? Vatas hara beni Hashem. That's like, oh, that's like unbelievable. No? Then I would tell you, whenever you have those areas where there's a balance, where there's an override, whether it's Ones or Pikoach Nefesh, Techiyas Yisurim, Olcho Nefesh, you always have to consider what then is the Kavana Sagavra. And that's what the Ramban writes of Aparo. You really think the motivation of Paro and enslaving Mitzrayim was to fulfill the bris of Avasarim? Obviously not. And obviously not. And therefore, if coincidentally, that which Paro did was a fulfillment of the bris of Avasarim, doesn't exonerate him. Doesn't exonerate him in any shape or form. And therefore, here there's no mitosh lolishma balishma. Here you have to make sure that Nasi is absolutely, absolutely Shem Shema. And no doubt in the broader sense that, you know, this is critical, critical when it comes to Aravodah Hashem. It's critical when it comes to, as I mentioned, the Onus Rachmanapatra. You know, you know, and sometimes, you know, we can take advantage of an excuse, even though, you know, deep down, that's not really, that's not really the motivation. You know, I always tell my Talmudim, you know, you're in the yeshiva, it's, it's sometimes a difficult balance, difficult balance. You know, you're, learning hard, you're studying well, you know, like, it's not always easy too. And, you know, if you're in an environment where, yeah, there's a dual curriculum, can you really, like, learn 12 and 14 hours a day? Pretty hard. Pretty hard to do so. To the extent that that is done well, I would tell you that, you know, that's part of the asaf de ganecha hanay batzmacha minig but what happens when you have windows of time like a Benazmani? Or you have windows of time during the summer months where you, you don't have those academic pressures? If even during those times you don't find the intensity of the day being fulfilled with guess what? It's not only a reflection of the Benazmani, but it also kind of reflects on the lack of full, full learning during his man. 
Because even when that counterbalance is missing, when it's not there, yeah, but you know what? You have to be careful, not see every, every opportunity. When you have the right of, uh, of being in yeshiva and to be able to learn, you know, three starm a day, I, I want you to measure Bittal Torah in terms of minutes, you know, not in terms of that I learned well this week, you know, like, like, you know, you have to see accountability for like, you know, every opportunity that you have. And, and yes, it's true that, you know, sometimes it's hard 24-7, always, you know, you need some downtime, that's true, that's true. But, but recognize that that you have the capacity to be able to soar, soar in Avodah Hashem. You know, I once wrote that it's unusual. The Mishnah tells us in the Sechus that Rabbi Zon was a Bor Sud Shem Abedi. He had a photographic mind. No? So, perfect people. Perfect people. Okay. You know, it, so if Pirkei Avos was just a biography of Tanayim, okay, that's probably worth noting in the biography, that, you know, he was a Boris Sudshim and Abatipa. But if the purpose of Nesecha Savos is to inform Avodah Sashem, so, like, why, why is that so relevant? I guess it could be inspiring to know that there's such a model, you know, but what does that have to do with most people? That Rablos and Orkanis, right, have this capacity, have this capability. Or, for example, the Mishnah tells us in Avos that Arba Midos Betamidim. You know, there's some Talmidim that have very quick grasp. Another Talmidim that have an incredible retention. Yeah, and some have one, some have both, some have neither. Okay, like, why again is that a Mishnah Mesechas Avos? It would be surprising, a Mishnah Pirkei Avos, some Talmidim are tall, some Talmidim are short. Like, you wouldn't expect that. No, why, why are these natural faculties... Included Mesechas Avos. I think the takeaway is clear. If you look at the Pirish of the Rinachmiyash, Mesechas Avos, he writes this explicitly, because they are not natural faculties. And that's it, case closed. You know why there's a Mishnah that tells you this? It's because this is what you can become. So, yeah, there's a Mishnah that tells us, Rabbi Hurkan, this was a Boris Sujim Avatiba. I know, you know, but there's a Gemara, Sukkadav Chaches. Miyamai. It never happened, not once. That anyone ever got to the base of before I did. And it never happened, not once, that that I left the base of and someone else was still there. Without exception. Elizabeth was the first one, the last one. You know, if you'd have asked me, who could have gotten away coming late and leaving early? Out uh, Israel and Hercules, because he was a Bor Sujim and Abedip, and they could kind of come in, you know, and and crunch, and, and all of a sudden accomplish what it took. Out. He was always, always the first one in, the last one out. And I'll tell you a chiddush. You know why I think it's a mission for Kavos? Because Rabbi Lezer wasn't always the Bor Sujim and Abedip. That's what he became. He became that because Lokidman in the basement. And that's why if you look in Pirkei Rabbalaza, Bodhanukha describes like his struggles in learning. It's like really surprising. His struggles in learning, you know, like he was so gifted, so gifted. You know what the answer is, is that that's what he became. That wasn't always who he was. And that's inspiration. That's why it's a mission in You know what the mission tells us that Rabbi Yisrael because 
this is who you can become. Because realize, when it comes to anything in life, and especially Asik Batara, you know, it's really not up to you. You don't control the results of your actions. All you control in life is the extent to which you are going to be Mishdad. How much effort are you going to put into? That you control. You think you control the result of well, all of that is beyond Hashem. All that is beyond Hashem. And that's why the Gemara writes, and the final days, What do you do to emerge? So the Gemara says, you know what, that you, you want to be good in learning. You really have to learn. You want to know Baba Basra? You, you really have to learn, no? The Gemara says, yeah, but that's not enough. That's not enough. You can learn. You can learn Bahasmaratsuma and you don't know Baba Basra. How is that possible? Because the Gemara says there's one more requirement. And the Gemara writes, Neither one is going to get you there. A person just davens, he's not going to know the Masechta. But a person just learns, he's not going to know the Masechta. You have to be Mishtadel, and you have to be Mispala. If you're not Mispala, for Siyata Deshmaya, you're not going to succeed in life. You're not going to succeed. Remember before Eshes. You can learn and learn and learn and learn. Guess what? You're not going to know this again. Because you're not going to know without Siyata Deshmaya. And, and if you're not going to take your davening seriously, and, and you're not going to be able to, guess what? You know, you know uh, Tom, it doesn't know the Sugi. I'll tell me, you know, you're not davening well. You're not davening well. Well, that's the Gemara before Eshes. And the Gemara writes, some brachas and that sometimes they're dvarim Ha'omdim berumo shaloma, things that are of paramount importance. Ubnei adam azalzlanu. So Rashi likes that one word. Rashi says tefillah. You know, like like whoa, like you know, like that's it. That's it. No, this is omdim berumo shaloma, and people belittle this. And <laughs> you're not going to be matzliach without it. You know, it's it's you have to recognize that, and, and you know why? Because Kaddish Baruch Hu controls the world. Kaddish Baruch Hu will control all of your success. The only thing that you're asked to do is to be mishtadel, to be mispama. And then you have a right to take a step back and turn to Kaddish Baruch and, and And you'll ask all your rebellion how thoroughly surprised they were that this Talmud emerged. And maybe they're thoroughly disappointed that this Talmud did not emerge. It's not about natural faculty. It's about your amelos. It's about your hishtablus. It's about your koach That's going to get you there. That's clear. And, and that mindset is critical to be successful in learning right, and to be successful in life. But without it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If a person thinks, you know, that without that siyata deshmaya, you could possibly succeed, you know, you're in for a rude awakening. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, you know, people are kind of of a mindset. You know, if in business they can kind of cut corners, they can fudge it, they can kind of misrepresent, they're going to get ahead. You know, it's a chisaron in emun and bitachon. Not to think that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to reward a person for doing that which is inappropriate. The Chazan writes in right in Paragimel that, you know, let's assume, for example, uh, I have a good time of Hasagas Gvul. 
You know why you should put forth that Tanavasaka's glow? Not because that person is encroaching your Parnasa. Your Parnasa is determined by Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's Kotsu. It's because the Chiyuv of Hishtadlus demands that you not ignore that encroachment. That's all part of the, simply the expected Hishtadlus of that Gamarnit and Davayin. But that, that should be your mindset. And recognize that that Kavana Sagavra is absolutely, absolutely critical. You know, you can have two people learning the Sagi the very, very same way. But the mindset of one is going to empower him. And the mindset of the other will derail. Even though, kind of on the surface, they're putting in the exact same time. Because that intensity, that Kavana Sagavra, that Nishma is considered to be that which is absolutely critical. Take advantage of the opportunity that you have. Seize the pleasure that we have of Asik Batori and Avodasasha. That realize that Machach Natsarta. That realize that this is why you were created. And realize that, you know, if you have any type of limitation, a tendency to forget sometimes, it's only an onus if you do your due diligence. And if that is a function of, you know, I didn't take it as seriously enough. That's the base of Levi, where that really wasn't the cause at all. There the Kavana Sagavra is something which is absolutely critical. So in terms of the Surah Paro, not in terms of the Seitov of Aravoda Sashem, just to recognize that we can soar, that we can emerge, emerge in the Torah Sashem, I just conclude that Medrash Rabbah tells us in Parshas Nitzavim, two people are famished. They're famished. You know, all of a sudden they walk into a room and there's food. One hitch, you know, a cathedral ceiling, and the kikar is totally ba'avu. You know, the food's suspended from the ceiling. So the Medrash writes, you know, that the tipesh walks out and the pikach says, v'halomi Someone put it there. It means, you know, it's accessible. It's within reach. And the Medrash writes stunning. That's the meaning of This is not distant. This is not some dismayed. And the Medrash writes the following. The imniflesi. And if you think it's beyond your reach, karma, mimcha. That's your thinking. That's your mindset. But that's not how Karaj Baruch Hu created it. Baruch Hu created with the capacity able to soar and to accomplish an Avodah Hashem. But you know what? You have to be Mishnada. You have to be Mispama. You have to be Yosek, the Torah Mitzvah Slishma. And then you turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? It's Hashem to be Zohar. So that sense of Siyat HaDashmaya. So I brach at each of you. Take advantage of the opportunity that you have. Soar in terms of Esek, the Torah, Avodah Hashem. Let it transform who you are, but in order for that to happen, invest. Be mishtadel, be mispalo, in Bezras Hashem, you'll be zochet to incredible siyata